This is Gene Copley, drummer for Three Days in the Grave, and you're listening to The Lookout Guy, Mike Tobin. All right, stay tuned, folks. This is Mike Tobin, your lookout guy on the Lookout Guy podcast. Stay tuned, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, tonight, August 14th, Saturday, 2021, featuring songs from Ricky Davis, Three Days in the Grave, and Paul and Jeannie Poulton, as well as an epic breakdown of California Gavin Newsom's Meltdown on the Lookout Guy.
Well, thank you for joining me on The Lookout Guy. I'm Michael Tobin, your Lookout Guy. And I have got a lot for you on this one. I'm just going to read most of the main headlines of the news today, which is Saturday, August 14th, 2021. And I I have so much to say. I have been keeping this all to myself, mainly, for the past year and a half or so, give or take, since March 11th, the anniversary day of uh, the announcement of COVID or this whole ordeal, March 11th of 2020, uh, uh, concerning COVID-19. And we all know that it was uh, detected uh, a few months earlier than that. But I want to share some previous thoughts of myself contracting it early on uh, in late May of 2020, just two months after the major rollout of all of the restrictions and everything that we've been uh, going through. And I want to share my thoughts about when that happened and uh, my current thoughts and of course the headlines and after that i'm going to play with you play for you i'm going to let's go play in the playground no i'm going to play something that is very hilarious governor california governor gavin newsom's famous meltdown and this is going to be uh, uh probably about 23 24 minutes I don't know, maybe 30, but you're going to love it. It's a clip from the John Phillips show from KABC AM 790 in Los Angeles. These guys are like the the coolest guys that um, this is going to be something that you haven't heard. You've probably seen brief clips about Gavin Newsom's meltdown in an interview. I think it was with Politico or some whack job uh, newswire. And they're gonna they're gonna uh, break it all down for you. And if I had my crew of twelve, thirteen, even six or four people in my podcasting crew, which I don't, it's it's only three people, me, myself, and I. Um, but you're gonna love this breakdown of the whole interview with Gavin Newsom that took place uh, the Friday before. The Wednesday when this clip was on the air. This John Phillips clip, the John Phillips show clip was on air on the 11th of August. Just three days ago on a Wednesday. And the interview actually happened uh, a few days prior on a Friday. uh, Five days before last Wednesday. So do the math. Um... And uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do. Have a couple of songs, a couple of more songs for you. Hope you enjoyed that song by my friend Ricky Davis, Monster 19. And coming up soon is going to be another cool tune from my friends Three Days in the Grave. Uh, the band here in Southern California, which consists of uh, lead vocals, guitar, Robert Tyler, drummer 
Gene Copley and bassist Greg Whitstock, and they all do uh, backup uh, vocals as well. And uh, the bassist Greg Whitstock uh, actually does uh, lead in a few songs also. But enough of the technical information right there. Uh, I want to get back into the show. Thank you again for joining me on the on the uh, lookout guy with Mike Tobin. So here are the headlines. Virginia School Board approves pro-transgender policy forcing teachers to use students' preferred pronoun. And if you've been uh, checking out the news, you know that the Supreme Court already uh, ruled that people cannot be forced to refer to people by so-called preferred pronouns like them, theirs, or sure, or whatever. Anything other than he or she. We all know that there are two chromosomes, or one is a Y, one is an X, and XY. You know the thing. You're either male or a female. And But Virginia is not the only one who is battling uh, pro- uh, or, or transgender type issues because just yesterday here's another headline Scotland decides Scotland decides four year olds can choose new gender at school without parental consent so they've got their battles just like we do and even England is going through a lot of that stuff as well uh, concerning Rand Paul Banned from YouTube over anti-mask resist video. And Israeli experts say U.S. pullout from Afghanistan is sending wrong message to the Middle East and beyond. Here's something. Washington, D.C. military base briefly locked down amid report of a gunman. That was yesterday. And that particular military base in Washington, D.C. has experienced various other uh, crime incidents that was part of the surrounding area. And uh, people have scaled the fence and gotten caught. But it had nothing to do with uh, anything particularly against the military base. But there was a shot. Police were initially looking for two people, but report said that it was just one person, and they found the person. One person was actually killed on the military base in another incident. Um, but you could just look that up. D.C. military base briefly locked down amid report of a gunman. That was yesterday. The Taliban continue rapid offensive to capture more Afghan territory while moving closer to Kabul. Christian doctors beat Biden in court, will not be forced to perform abortions and transgender surgery. Here's one that's pretty irritating. Beth Moore, you know, she's a televangelist. She preaches like a man, and she she has, she she's one of those preachers that learn the language and learned how to. Uh, capitalize and exploit people's emotions you know how they do it they learn to raise their voices their tones and 
get to a point and all that other stuff. But Beth Moore <laughs> begs Christians to stop politicizing virus. She says, our sides are not more important than the lives. And people, please stop coddling to mainstream media narratives. And just do your job, preachers. That's kind of a weird thing to, to expect in certain certain instances and certain aspects. And that's from... Uh, ChristianHeadlines.com And here's another doozy. Get ready for people to start gnashing their teeth on this one. The most vaccine-hesitant group of all are PhDs. And this is an article from Unheard. That's U-N-H-E-R-D.com The most hesitant are PhDs out of six, the second most hesitant are high school education or less. The third most hesitant, actually the high school or more, the third most hesitant is some college. The fourth most hesitant are professionals. The fifth most hesitant have bachelors and the sixth most hesitant have masters. So that's the most vaccine hesitant group of all PhDs. And uh, any more headlines here? Oh yeah, in Texas, you know, you remember the Democrats who had their little beer party on the plane, maskless and all that stuff. They ran away from Texas to go to uh, fanfare from from. Uh, Democrats in Washington D.C. They they flew from, flew from Texas, Texas to Washington. Washington, and they actually became a uh, super spreader group in Washington D.C. Other people have uh, contracted COVID because of them the D.C. in D.C. As part, As part of, of a stunt, stunt, the the one of. A few stunts to avoid being present in the Texas State House of Representatives to vote on uh, voting laws. Well, the Democrats, they call runaway rats, got served arrest warrants, verbal arrest warrants in their offices as Texas Senate passes voter integrity bill. So they all were uh, required by law to attend so Texas got it done and you can't tell me you can't tell me that there aren't common sense ways to take care of everything but sadly here in California for too long as so many have cut and run it's always a scam or nothing in our politics as well as many other states Texas doesn't mess around <laughs> right and something that I've been pointing out for the past several years, the wicked are always entrapped by their own schemes. So, California, get busy. The, here's a quote. The best way out is always through. And that is from Robert Frost. So now, I am going to reminisce a bit. I had to uh, go back in my, my timeline on social media and find a post from May 30th, 2020, regarding a post from two days before that. And 
May 31st was actually Memorial Day. But here is a reminisce um, about my own bout with COVID-19. And after this, I'm going to uh, share my current thoughts. If I can stay on, if I could uh, stay on uh, topic. So, from May 30th, 2020, a post I had posted from two days ago, May 28th, 2020, that Facebook had deleted. Some fact check says the vascular part isn't true, but I'm sharing it anyways. That may explain why aspirin helped tremendously when I was sick all last week up until Memorial Day. And that, again, is from 2020, a year and five months ago. And I stayed home with body ache, chills, and headache mainly. And the doctor told me to come in if it gets worse and tell them that I have COVID-19 and that's based on everything that I explained to the doctors uh, what I was going through and something else is uh, my toes were numb and my fingertips were numb uh, periodically uh, days or weeks prior a short time prior to me actually getting that sick and numb and toes and fingers I've never experienced before but evidently that is one of the various symptoms of COVID-19 so and that's why they prescribed amoxicillin and sinusitis meds but I didn't accept them uh, I, I was not about to go and get checked in the hospital fortunately the online questionnaire was enough for doctor's note for my work though I ended up staying uh a weekend, a whole work week, and then the following weekend, and a Monday, which was Memorial Day. So my urine was pretty cloudy, also from wearing masks, uh, and it was clearing up uh, at the time. But ever since that we've been masking, I have not had totally clear urine, and that's because of oxygen deprivation. But at my work, I work with food, so we have to wear masks so going forward i knew i had an oxygen issue and i'm still going to go on a 9.5 water ph regimen and which i did for about a week i'm a firm believer that between the lord and my body our bodies have a way of telling us what it needs but i may take them up on the amoxicillin because it's not a viral medicine and I ended up not having to take that medicine. I, I tried taking ibuprofen, which always works with the flu and a cold. It didn't do a thing. Uh, cold medicine, flu medicine, it didn't do a thing. It, it was weird. So I was mostly going on instinct. Um, but going forward, um, Italy has allegedly discovered COVID is not a virus, but it is a bacterium. It clots the blood and reduces the oxygen saturation from <clears throat> dispersing throughout the body. They went against the World Health Organization's, quote, law that no bodies be autopsied. Well, Italy autopsied the bodies. When Italian Ministry of Health ordered many autopsies, they found the blood was clotted in all of the patient's veins. All. All means all. 
they immediately started using aspirin, 100 milligrams, and a coagulant medication and have had immense success. 14,000 people were released from the hospital as healthy and COVID-free. Italy demanded, Italy, this is from last year, Italy is demanding Bill Gates and the World Health Organization be held accountable for crimes against humanity for misleading, misdirecting, and withholding life-saving information from the world which cost the lives of thousands. Ventilators and ICU units were not necessary. A mandated vaccine is not necessary. COVID-19 is a bacterium easily treated with aspirin and coagulant. And mind you folks, this is from an article that I had to cut paste because links were being deleted from Facebook. So my second attempt, it's still here. Spread the word. Make this global. Hopefully our president will learn about this and do something about it. Well, we know that former President Donald Trump didn't. He ended up uh, touting the vaccine as the save all. So it doesn't make sense for for mainstream media narratives to say that Trump supporters are the ones most against the vaccine when Trump was is just as much for it as anybody else. But going forward, before we lose all of our constitutional freedoms, uh, we need to make we need to continue to speak up. Another article regarding it is from Carly J. Gardippi. 2020 coronavirus and health discovery autopsies prove that COVID-19 is a disseminated intravascular coagulation pulmonary thrombosis more specifically and it's po- this is an article that was posted by Chinon Yerem Emanuela and it reads it is now clear that the whole world has been attacking the so-called coronavirus pandemic wrongly due to a serious pathophysiological diagnosis error. According to valuable information from Italian pathologists, ventilators and intensive care units were never needed. Autopsies performed by the Italian pathologist has shown that it is not pneumonia, but it is disseminated intravascular coagulation or mainly thrombosis specifically, which ought to be fought with antibiotics, antivirals, anti-inflammatories, and anticoagulants. So I wrote in concluding this on May 30th of 2020, if this is true for all cases, that means the whole world is about to resolve this novel pandemic earlier than expected. And we all know that it did not. So that is my reminisce about my bout with COVID-19. And in the comments, I let's see, I wrote a few other things. Let's see. A friend of mine uh, told me that the cities are looking at the funding they received to to mark as COVID-19 corruption at its worst. They have instilled fear for a reason, control, but I do believe God has allowed this for us to wake up and see that our life is not our own, but to allow Him to take the wheel and drive. And she says to share and pray, be fearless, for this is just preparing us to what is to come. 
So I replied, I haven't read or heard it yet, but artificial and oh yeah, this is leads to another subject about universal income. And I haven't done anything specific about universal income either. But at least I'm getting my thoughts on COVID-19 uh, put together right now. So I haven't read or heard about it yet, but artificial intelligence, universal income, and a whole new section of workforce is being created. And a section of the population, mostly elderly, is being euthanized before socialist subsidies can be afforded. You know what I mean by that? I mean that if we're going to have universal health care right now... It's just going to be too expensive. But if enough people die, certain folks believe that it will be doable. So I continue. I believe Trump has been coerced and convinced it's for the greater good. Otherwise, why would he be so uh, hip, hip, hooray about the vaccine? The only way this will succeed is if God allows it. I don't believe it will succeed. There are worse things God is going to allow, but as for God allowing the current methods to achieve what is going to fail, I do agree he is allowing the methods for the time being for the reasons, uh, and I say you point out, that was in reply to my friend. And since my friend mentioned it, that is why I'm saying this. Otherwise, I'm done with offering some things because everybody seems to know everything already. That's kind of a uh, a blanket statement. Uh, and I said, you are right, but I just wanted to add a couple more things. Yeah, that was for my own reminder about universal income and uh, universal health care. So those were my thoughts from May 30th of 2020. And that was actually uh, two months after... I went I went and uh, researched the timeline of COVID-19. It says that March March 11 represents the 1 year anniversary since the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. And shortly after former President Donald Trump had declared a national emergency. So why that's my birthday? What is it about my birthday that strange things happen? Another strange thing that happened was in 2011 on my birthday, March 11, 2011, was the Fukushima uh, nuclear disaster that was that resulted from the the famous earthquake that happened in Japan, the eastern coast of Japan, and the earthquake actually caused. Uh, tsunami effects on the west coast of the of the United States minor but depending on how north you are in the northwestern United States uh, ships were toppled over and further down here in Southern California literally it was a six inch wave which was a tsunami interesting I was there to see it <laughs> in Carlsbad California but Another thing, I believe it might have been two years after, which was being referred to as Spain's 9-11, there was uh, train explosions and and killings. So just do a web search about Spain. But that happened on March 11th also. So now my current thoughts on... COVID-19 from just yesterday 
I wrote, when will people learn that it doesn't pay to be the first crowd? So much FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Evidently, PhDs are the least likely, and I referenced that at the beginning of this podcast, PhDs are the least likely to get the death shot. Let the gnashing of teeth begin. We're either going to see the biggest death rate in centuries, according to some, within the next few years in world population due to evil rulers and biological genocide, or the biggest miracles among the biggest miracles in history as God protects the innocent. There's so many reasons why people have chosen to get a vaccine. And I'm not going to get into that because that just requires way too much time to talk about. And uh, I'll never be able to stick, stick to point with something like that. At least not of yet. So, what about the deaths as a result of the, the COVID-19 vaccine? I actually wrote, there already have been, but everything you read, for or against, has holes in it. The only re- One of the only reasons I can see to justify getting a shot is because of the, quote, right to try, which is why it's been approved, but not fully by the FDA. The FDA refuses to fully approve it because it hasn't fully passed the vetting or testing process. Plus, over the years... A bunch of vaccines were discontinued for merely hundreds of adverse reactions or deaths. While the VAERS, that's a verification uh, organization, has reports of thousands of deaths, it makes little sense. Especially when government is more concerned about banning control and regulation than they are for anybody but their own selves. So even this article... Uh, from medium.com it is under reporting and post vaccine deaths you could look that up it, this article mentions the purpose of the article at the bottom of the article which is basically to prove one side over the other which is the purpose of everything you read about it but it isn't hard to realize there's only one reason for the shot that is control It's not even a real vaccine in the literal term, but the damage is already done. And to answer anybody's question about what about the deaths, I think there will be a way more and is way more, there'll be way more deaths reported. And already, according to many, the death rate is already underreported. So... I also point out that it's it's nonsense that Trump support quote Trump supporters are against the vaccine because Trump is 100% for the shots. He's the one who used the quote right to try concept and Trump supporters were all for it at the time. And if I hadn't contracted COVID-19 back around May of 2020 just before Memorial Day I, I maybe I would have got the vaccine by now because you don't want to catch it 
or gambling gamble having a minor experience versus a hard severe or a fatal case and i have a personal friend who nearly died i've known him for around 15 years he had a really critical experience so there are some rational ideas other than regulating vaccines if we all were given several quick test kits per month to test once per week, that would eliminate forced compliance. But that's just something that makes sense. And we all know that government isn't into things that make sense. If there's control involved in it, they're for it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And now, before getting into uh, California Governor Newsom's rant, and a reminder, hey... I think of that Yes song. One down, one to go. Another town, one more show. Two down. That's what I think of because of the governor of New York. Uh, 14 days (laughs) until he's gone. And that's as of a couple days ago. But the New York governor is resigning for all of his misdeeds. So one down, and how many more to go? And I think Governor Gavin Newsom of California, his rant is a result that he knows that he is about to be gone. But you're going to love this uh, total breakdown of his insane interview. And But first, I want to play... A song from my friends, Three Days in the Grave, Gold Can't Buy. And I want to play something f- for you from my friends in the UK, Midnight in Harlem. And I'm going to f- play for you something else, a little surprise from my friend. Uh, well, Midnight in Harlem is from my friends Paul and Jeannie Poulton uh, from the Paul Poulton Project. And from... Uh, my friend Paul's wife, Jeannie Poulton, from her earlier days in a Christian band called The Reapers. And that's the beginning of the Jesus movement. So I got my hands on a couple of killer songs from The Reapers where Jeannie is a lead singer in that as well. But first, here's Gold Can't Buy. And follow, that will be finally followed by... Governor Gavin Newsom's rant breakdown. Hey, it's Greg Whitstock here, Three Days in the Grave. I'm the bass player. You're listening to Mike Tobin, the lookout guy.
All right, that was my friend's three days in the grave. And now, as promised, what you've been waiting for, the John Phillips Show complete breakdown of California Governor Gavin Newsom's meltdown, which will be followed by some killer music from my friends in the UK, Paul and Jeannie Poulton. There is some sound of the warden that is traveling around the internet at the speed of light. And Randy, I can't stop watching it. (laughs) I I find this so funny that this is starting to make the rounds because this is audio that we previewed last Friday of Newsom's roundabout interview on Zoom with every editorial board of all the local newspapers asking question after question after question and he was starting to get real frustrated especially when you hit the things that really just needle him like the cost of living in the state of california he couldn't take it anymore now here's what's so strange about this we spend a lot of time playing sound of the warden on this program we've all seen him on the news we've all read his quotes in the newspaper We know how he talks. We know what his crutches are. We know what his demeanor typically is. And it's always the same. He's this patrician, San Franciscan, metrosexual, gentry class, wine shop owner. That is who Gavin Newsom is. And he uses weird words and weird ticks, and he uses them over and over and over again like it's machine gun fire. Well, he's very mindful about it. Oh, mindful is one of his favorite words. Humility is one of his favorite words. As it relates to is something he uses 1,500 times a paragraph. We know how he speaks. He's not crass. He's not profane. He's not a hothead. He's the same slick character over and over and over again. Would you like an example? Let's hear it. We're mindful of the stress, the anxiety, the fear that each and every one of you have had to work through over the course of the last number of months. We are mindful. I'm mindful of those areas where we continue to struggle. I'm mindful about this drought, $5.1 billion investment. I'm mindful about wildfire prevention, $2.2 billion investment. I'm mindful about the stresses and challenges that we face as a state. Most of that wasn't even edited. <laughs> and it's a year and five months, not a number of That's months. That's the warden that we've all come to know and hate. And there's this video that's working its way around the Internet that shows him looking like a 1980s stockbroker swearing up a storm I don't know if we're going to continue to call him the warden or we're going to have to start calling him Andrew Dice Newsom. (laughs) What's interesting to me is that this interview was Thursday, the day after the California recall debate that aired on Fox 11. And one of the big applause lines was cantankerous old Doug Osei saying this. Just answer the damn phone. And ever since then, Newsom has been saying damn as often as he can, even when he's not talking about dams. Okay, so in this six-minute and 30-second interview, Newsom used the word damn nine times. Again, not in the context of what they have. Oroville dam. And he slammed his desk with his hand or fist a grand total of 59 times, according to our pal Katie Grimes at the California Globe. 
So he was swearing right and left. He was pounding his fist on the table right and left. He looked disheveled. He looked angry. He looked agitated. And to be perfectly honest with you, Randy, he looked like he was on drugs. <laughs> I will defend him a little bit. He looked the way a lot of people look when they're on hour 10 of a nonstop Zoom call. Well, whatever it was, it was strange. We have the sound for you. Let's go ahead and play it. This was the initial question that led to the unraveling. Governor, California has the nation's highest housing costs, highest gasoline prices, and highest utilities. Wage growth has been spectacular in the Silicon Valley, but not so much for areas along the coast and in some inland areas. In a very real sense, the California dream is more like a mirage for people grinding it out day after day. How do you make the case that you, as governor, can deliver the California dream to all Californians? Okay, stop the tape here for a second. So he's sitting there. The camera is on him. The camera is not on the reporter asking the question. He's moving around in his seat. He's fidgety. He's visibly agitated. He, he's looking like he's about ready to explode. Back to the tape. Well, let's talk about what we all saw number one in, Stephanie. And guys, forgive me. I, I know I'm a little pointed today, but I've been taking a lot from a few folks for a lot of months. So it's nice to be able to express myself, too. He's already mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he said you folks... He was getting ready to say something else. Did you notice that? Can we rewind the tape there? It may have been starting with an F, but it wasn't folks. And guys, forgive me. I know I'm a little pointed today, but pointed. I've been taking a lot from a few folks. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a different word. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if he dropped the F-bomb on that call? Oh, directed at reporters? Would have been fantastic. I would have had to completely rethink this recall. <laughs> and, and he is this is you know a pretty you know easy question it's just the cost of living but this comes right after he got grilled on his support of prop 47 prop 57 and the insane rise in crime all throughout california so he's real pissed off at this point a few folks for a lot of months so it's nice to be able to express myself too yeah, because he never gets a chance to express himself except his daily press conferences. Yeah, no kidding, where he uses 9,000 words to make one point. But I do with deep pride in this state as a Californian, not as a – I'm a future ex-governor. It could happen in a few weeks. could happen in a few years. I love this Okay, state. stop the tape there. <laughs> that is actually very, very interesting, and it provides a window into the mind of this charlatan. Because he, for the first time, has acknowledged that the recall could actually take, and he could be thrown out on his keister, although given his new vocabulary, he may have used a different word. But he has acknowledged that this thing could go either way, whether he knows it or not. By using that terminology, we are now marinating in his brain the idea that the people of California are so angry at his failed leadership that we may actually boot him from office. As a Californian, not as a, I'm a future ex-governor. It could happen in a few weeks, could happen in a few years. I love this damn state. We're number one. In There's the first damn. Oh, 
Oh, boy. Are we playing the drinking game here? <laughs> you know what? If you're playing at home, go ahead and play the Gavin Newsom damn drinking game where you take a shot every time he says damn. If you're driving or if you're at work, we do not advise you to play this drinking game. Well, even if you're at home, make sure that your cell phone has enough batteries for someone to call 911. <laughs> I love this damn state. We're number one in job creation, 10th of the American economy, 559,000 jobs. Eat your heart out, Texas, Florida. Why does he hate Texas and Florida so much? <laughs> they really get under his skin. Well, can you imagine that hair and humidity? <laughs> He's going to look like Antonio Villarigosa does now. We're number one in the Bloomberg Index of innovation and entrepreneurialism. We dominated yet again in venture capital. And that's not just for fancy folks in Silicon Valley. That's pushing out the boundary to discovery and opportunity. Innovation advantages each and every one of us. Like this technology where we have to do these stupid interviews over Zoom. <laughs> it never seemed to work whenever the reporters are asking questions he doesn't like. 53% the nation's venture capital. Over 100 damn IPOs. <laughs> There's your second damn. Take a shot. Well, and that one was just totally unnecessary. Over 100 damn IPOs. Year to date in this state. 80 plus billion dollar budget surplus. 80 plus billion not that 76 billion we had another 3.9 billion dollars in new cash okay stop the tape there a lot of that is from loans from the feds which means at some point we have to pay it back do you ever see that episode of Mary with children where they send buck the dog a credit card in the mail and al and peg and the kids are all of the belief that if they max out the credit card they don't have to pay the bill because it's in the dog's name yeah what are they going to do take the dog to jail that's right so they go out and they max it out at the mall and they have a good time and suddenly when they figure out they have to pay the bill it's a big surprise <laughs> and that's what's happening right now in the state of california over 100 damn ipos year to date in this state 80 plus billion dollar budget surplus. 80 plus billion, not that 76 billion. We had another 3.9 billion dollars in new cash. We had better health outcomes in Florida and Texas and better economic outcomes. Our economy contracted at a more modest rate than Florida and Texas. Whose numbers are you looking at for that? <laughs> I know. In California, one of the things that's happening is you have two economies. You have a Silicon Valley economy, a white-collar economy, people who work in banking and technology, that sort of thing, where their industries took off like rocket ships because you need more technology when you have to alter the way people live their lives. So if you are a service that delivers groceries over an app on the phone and you're headquartered in San Jose, business has been good and you're hiring more people and everything's fine. But what he doesn't understand, and this is what's driving the anger, particularly in Southern California. If you own a restaurant next to Disneyland and you've been shut down for the greater part of a year or limited in terms of who you can sell to, how many people you can put in your restaurant, what hours you can be open, etc., 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 and you've got the state who's paying your employees more to sit at home on EDD than to come work at your restaurant – your life has been ruined. And people who are in that same boat, primarily in Southern and Central California, are all experiencing the same pain. But that's not the world he comes from. 
The world he comes from is the gentry class of San Francisco. And those people are doing just fine. Those industries are doing just fine. He cannot wrap his head around the fact that people are angry as a direct result of his policies and edicts. Because the people who are angry are people who never interact with him in his world. And he'll never understand that. And his advisors and and campaign contributors and everyone around him comes from the same cloth. They're cut from the same cloth as him. This is part of the problem when a tiny little cabal from San Francisco controls the entire state. If you live in San Francisco, your life is in no way similar to someone who lives in Anaheim. It's just not. Or El Segundo. Or Woodland Hills. Or wherever. It's just not the same thing. The only thing we have in common is you have to look down where you walk because you might step in poopy. That's right. Yes. And the homeless have taken over. But right now, we're going through the sound of Warden Newsom's complete and utter meltdown in his Zoom call with California opinion writers. Let's go back to the scene of the crime. Do you know, Stephanie, that middle-class families in Texas pay more taxes than middle-class Californians? Look that up. That's a fact. All right, stop the tape there. Because that is also something that's totally disingenuous. Taxes are a part of the reason why people are hightailing it out of California. And let's be clear, they get cute with what they consider to be a tax and what they consider to be a fee. For example, when you pay your car tax, in the eyes of Sacramento, that's not a tax. That's a vehicle license fee. If you park at the beach, that's a fee. If you go to a state park, that's a fee. There are any number of bills that you pay to the state of California that you may or may not consider a tax that they consider a fee. But the main reason that people are hightailing it out of California is the high cost of living. Taxes are a component of that, but it's not all of it. And crime. If building restrictions are so severe that the cost of housing gets to the point to where middle-class people can't afford to own a home, that's a tax by another name. If the schools are so bad that you have to send your kid to private school or they're not open at all because the teachers' unions control everything, that's a tax by another name. If you have to live in an HOA because crime and homelessness in your area is so high that you can't just rely on the local police department to keep you safe, that HOA fee is a tax by a different name. If you can't use the parks, the beaches, the libraries, because they've been taken over by the homeless, and you have to buy books on Amazon or take your kids to a beach in Mexico or a different part of the country, that's a tax by a different name. And Newsom doesn't understand how destroying the quality of life in California is costing people money straight out of their checkbook because he comes from a world where they have enough money where they don't care. Can you imagine living in that neighborhood near Market Street in San Francisco where the Walgreens got robbed so many times they're not even restocking it? Where the hell are you supposed to buy your toothpaste? Where are you supposed to get your Slim Jims? But that's not his concern. If you have a problem with that, then you need to check your privilege. But from his point of view, you're getting a good deal from the tax man in the state of California. And he's angry about it for some reason. All right.
Right now, we're going through the bonkers sound from the warden's interview with California opinion writers, where he lost his cool, pounded the table, and swore a whole lot. Let's go back to the tape. Do you know, Stephanie, that middle-class families in Texas pay more taxes than middle-class Californians? Look that up. That's a fact. I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention. It's another damn. (laughs) That's the third one. How many shots is it safe to take in an hour? Well, if you trust the DMV, not many. (laughs) I don't know why that doesn't get more damn attention. Because I care about working folks. He sure does. And he's swearing a lot to prove it. I'm also proud of the fact that this state has almost tripled its earned income tax credit to allow working families to keep more with their earned. I'm proud of the fact that three quarters of tax filers are getting a tax rebate, the largest in American history, $12 billion. I'm proud of the fact that small businesses are getting $4 billion in grants, not loans. Oh, and all the wineries got shut down except for his. I'm proud of the fact we're paying 100% of back rent. Okay, stop the tape here for a second. If you hear the slapping in the background, one of the reporters is not watching the Jerry Sandusky trial. It's Newsom slapping the table or pounding the table. 100% going back to April last year, 100% through September 30th this year, 100% of your back utilities and back water bills, because you're right, those bills have stacked up. I wonder if his hand was sore after this. Well, like the Sandusky tapes, this is rhythmic slapping. I'm proud of the fact you didn't mention it, Stephanie, that most electric bills are lower in the state, even though our per unit costs are higher, which you're right to note. But you didn't mention the bills, which are lower because of our energy efficiency and our low-carbon green growth plants. I'm proud of the fact we actually have a housing policy and homeless policy for the first time in decades. And we have Okay, ba- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> we have a policy for the first time in decades? And this is what it produces? You know, having plans, I'm sure, is a great thing. And forward thinking is always encouraged. But if your plans are producing this, it's time for new plans. Because I've lived here my entire life, and at no point in time has the homeless crisis been as bad as it is today under Gavin Newsom's watch. Can we go back to when they were ignoring the problem? Yeah, maybe that's what we should do. Just pretend like it doesn't exist and see what happens. I'm proud of the fact we actually have a housing policy and homeless policy for the first time in decades. And we have the back of working families, and we're focused on workforce housing in the middle class. I'm proud of the fact that poverty was declining consistently before the pandemic. Not a lot of headlines about that. And let me close on this, because this is important. Because we don't talk enough about blue-collar jobs. You referenced it. You look at the next top 10 states. I know you're going to politifact this, and I know you're going to find something and going to run with it, and I'll look forward to seeing what I screwed up. It's all the top of my damn head. Okay. <laughs> Who politifacts? It's, it's hard, hard to pay, to pay attention, attention to what he's saying, saying because, because the slapping, slapping is, so is so distracting. distracting. However, it's interesting that he thinks the media in California is out to get him. I know you're going to fact check these stats I'm about to give you, but hey, they're off the top of my damn head. This is how delusional this damn guy is. He thinks the L.A. Times is out to get him. (laughs) 
He thinks that woman with the short hair on Spectrum is out to get him. You need to take point of this observation that John Phillips is about to point out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's hard to pay attention to what he's saying because the slapping is so distracting. However, it's interesting that he thinks the media in California is out to get him. I know you're going to fact check these stats I'm about to give you, but hey, they're off the top of my damn head. This is how delusional this damn guy is. He thinks the L.A. Times is out to get him. <laughs> he thinks that woman with the short hair on Spectrum is out to get him. He thinks the San Francisco Chronicle is out to get him. You know, the definition of paranoia is seeing things that aren't there and people who are following you who aren't following you. That's it. This guy is paranoid. You look at the next top 10 states. I know you're going to politifact this, and I know you're going to find something and you're going to run with it, and I'll look forward to seeing what I screwed up. This is all the top of my damn head. Did you catch that point? He thinks the very people who are following him are not following him. This has to do with my point earlier in the show that the wicked are entrapped in their own devices. And not only that, but they often have, in the biblical times, they have turned on each other and destroyed each other many times. So we're about to see the Democrat Party in California turn on each other, and they already have in many cases. But let's go back to uh, John Phillips and his uh, co-host. <laughs> so I'll stipulate that. But I think you look at the next 10 states, the next highest 10 manufacturing states, blue-collar, American, backbone, factory states, the last five years, our GDP growth is 13% in factory growth. No one comes close. Blue collar, middle class jobs, California, dominating all those other damn states. <laughs> dominating those darn states. I care about egg like the best of them. Man, Tad Garth, I've been in back. I, hell, I did a $6 billion sign. Oh, wait a minute. He's mixing it up now. He's mixing his dams with hells. Well, we didn't really put that in the drinking game rules. You know what? For dams, it's take a shot. For hells, it's drop that shot into an energy drink. So this is kind of like the difference between chance and community chess when you're <laughs> playing Monopoly. Hell, I did a $6 billion signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What happens if he works hell and damn in the same sentence? And an attack on Devin Nunez. Oh, this is, you know what? Finish your drink, people. <laughs> hell, I did a $6 billion signing ceremony in Nunez's back damn district on a bill he opposed to get broadband to every one of his damn constituents. <laughs> <laughs> Now he's picking on Nunez. Now he's cursing the constituents. I was there in Fresno and near Bakersfield, those same Republicans that wanted to cut Medicaid for all those people expanding it to those same constituents in their backyard. I've been in the Central Valley, not for symbolism substance. I care deeply about the valley. Sure you do. <laughs> was he picking up trash there too? You know, we haven't seen him picking up much trash in Fresno. The last time it was in Berkeley. Uh, Randy, excuse me. 
It's picking up damn trash in Fresno. <laughs> you know, I think his favorite Hollywood, or excuse me, Broadway production is Damn Yankees. I'm there on a weekly basis. We really could use that statewide broadband, Gavin. Making announcements <laughs> to address these issues. But I'm proud of the fact our ag, our fishing, and our logging industry is bigger than the next five states combined. Well, we're the largest state. So no what kidding. Are, what do you even say? Oh, that's another point. Uh, people on this uh, station, KABC, uh, frequently say California is the largest state. Um, but Texas is actually the largest state landmass-wise. But they're failing to point out that population-wise, California is the largest state. Another uh, statement that I'm hearing on on this this station, KABC, is that Los Angeles County is the largest county in the United States. It is not. Population-wise, Los Angeles County is the largest county, but landmass San Bernardino County is the largest county. Just a couple of technicalities. Now, back to John. Oh, and the damn Yankees. I saw the damn Yankees at the Pantages Theater in Hollywood. Burbank, wherever the... Uh, particular location is at uh and that was with uh uh famous actor jerry lewis and i actually got to meet him in the meet and greet after the broadway play and uh got to shake his hand uh the damn yankees it would be really nice to get get one of those performances on on uh video but back to john phillips and his co-hosts dang woohoo we're beating rhode island that's California. It's not, Stephanie, just Silicon Valley. It's that and Silicon Valley. This is not, we're number one in all those categories. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown team start focusing on what's right. What? Okay, wait a minute. It would be damn nice if our homegrown team would focus on what's right. Do I have that correct? That is Gavinese for you local reporters should be talking about what a great job I'm doing. So he can go on The View and get more praise from Sonny Hostin. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown team start focusing on what's right. Everybody outside this state is bitching about this state because of our success. And I'm proud of it. I'm not naive about our competitive. Wait, he's not what? I'm proud of it. I'm not naive about our competitive. He pulled the Biden there. That's not a word. I'm not naive about our competitive. Uh, Gavin, it's naive. <laughs> I'm not naive about our competitive. Naive? I'm not Is naive that what he about said? Our competitive. I'm not naive about our competitive liabilities. And that's why we're trying to address them. But I also think there's a lot to be proud of in this American dream of which there's only one state with its own, and that's the California dream. Forgive me, Stephanie. I think it's still alive and well. All right. Now, what he did here is a very interesting thing. Particularly, he's been smoking too much of that homegrown. That's what he did there. Particularly at the end, besides all the swearing and the irritation and everything that went along with that, those damn constituents of Devin Damn Nunez. <laughs> I was in his damn backyard. <laughs> What he's expressing is he's expressing the frustration 
the politicians in one party rule express whenever their power is threatened. They believe that everyone around them is there to make them succeed and help them succeed. And anyone who's not rowing along with the boat or giving the company line is committing an act of heresy. If you go back to when Gray Davis was governor in the state of California, it may have been his first state of the state address. It wasn't his first. It was one of the first ones. And he said to a joint session of the state legislature, you are here to implement my vision. Meaning I was elected to run the state. I'm the guy who's in charge and you're here to be the functionaries to make it happen. And that went over like a lead balloon, particularly with John Burton. I think Antonio Villaraigosa was the Speaker of the Assembly at the time. But John Burton ran the Senate. John Burton was an old former congressman drug addict who wasn't going to take any crap from anyone, namely Gray Davis. And so he told Gray Davis, well, I actually can't use the words that he told Gray Davis, but they're more severe than what Gavin was using. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we had Helen Dam. I wonder what's left. Well, use your imagination. By the way, Gray Davis was California's first recalled governor and followed by uh, the fake Republican Schwarzenegger. That was back in... I believe, like, 2006. And what Newsom was doing here was telling the press corps, in other words, you're liberal, I'm liberal, this is a liberal state, you're here to make me look good. You're here to sell our policy, you're here to sell our achievements, and you're not doing that, and it's making me very angry. Yes, I expect it from Fox. Yes, I expect it from talk radio. Yes, I expect it from conservative news sites on the Internet and social media from accounts of people that don't like me. But you people I'm disappointed in. The reason I'm unpopular is because you're not selling my success the way you should. He is lashing out at them. He is treating the California press corps the same way that baseball owners or football owners or basketball owners or hockey team owners treat their home television and radio stations. Have you ever noticed that if a particular team plays on a particular station, that the talk show hosts don't criticize the team in as strong a terms as the other stations. Yes, I am well aware that for many years, KFI was the only station not making fun of the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Hey, I got a Charger shirt on right now. We have the Dodgers. When the McCourts were going through a divorce, you just kind of know you avoid that subject. 
That's just the way it works. But he's treating the entire California press corps like he's the baseball team and you're not supposed to speak ill of the baseball team because they're broadcast on your network. He even sounded like a uh, team owner when he said this. It'd be damn nice if our homegrown team start focusing on what's right. That's exactly what it is. Oh, boy, I can't wait to ask Carlo Marinucci all about that. Carlo Marinucci from Politico joins us at the top of the hour. And Tammy Bruce joins us to talk politics at 2 o'clock. Right now, we're going through the governor's temper tantrum that he had on a Zoom call with California opinion writers. And, you know, Randy, I've been thinking about this. I'm an opinion writer in California for a big newspaper. Why wasn't I invited on this Zoom call? You know, I don't think any Southern California media was on this. It was a lot of Central Valley and San Francisco papers, but the LA Times wasn't there. The Redlands Daily Facts wasn't there. And I could represent the Redlands Daily Facts because my column appears in that newspaper. I feel like he owes you an interview. One-on-one. How's that? He can say any curse words he wants. Well, not on the radio station. No, that'll just be for print. (laughs) You may get carpal tunnel from brunching that dump button if he comes to us with that potty mouth. So that the clip that, uh, you know, that's going viral now that we just played that six minute interview, that was the second to last question in this series of questions from opinion editors from all these statewide newspapers, except Southern California News Group, apparently. And the question was pretty softball. It was, you know, cost of living. What really had set him off was a few minutes before question about crime and his support of Prop 47. And this is where all the dams in hell started. Would you like to hear some of it? Oh, absolutely. I am not one of those people that think you can smash someone's window or knock over some grandma and somehow have a slap on the wrist. I don't buy that. Except when it happens to Barbara Boxer. (laughs) At the same time, I'll take a backseat to nobody in my desire to deal with the hell, with what the hell's wrong with you, that you did that in the first place, and try to get under the hood and try to address that issue in a compassionate, thoughtful, and judicious way. Yeah, when somebody assaults and knocks over Barbara Boxer in the middle of Oakland to steal her cell phone, we want to figure out what was the psychological issues that uh, really inspired that decision of that. By the way, Barbara Boxer is a former senator other than um, Diane Feinstein uh, of California, uh, following Barbara Boxer's, the next senator was Kamala Harris, now Vice President of the United States. And a week or so ago, Barbara Boxer, I guess she got mugged out in public. Assailant. Yeah, let's pop the hood and see how those pistons fire. But I believe in accountability as well. And so I'm not throwing up my hands, and I don't think most folks in the reform movement are either. And I totally reject that people can't do anything about retail theft. I mean, I I didn't go to law school. I wasn't smart enough to go to law school. That's obvious. (laughs) Well, hey, Villaraigosa was smart enough to go to law school. He just wasn't smart enough to pass the bar. I couldn't pass the LSAT, but I can read the penal code sections and Forgive me, look them up. 666, Google it right now. Penal Code Section, forgive me if I'm off, but I think it's 459.5. Those are existing Penal Code sections. There's probably four or five others where you can charge people 
And a lot of these damn DAs out there, Republican DAs, act like they can't do a damn thing because Prop 47. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. You look at areas in California that have the worst problems right now with shoplifting and with theft and with crime. San Francisco is at the top of the list. No one's more right wing than Chase Boudin. No kidding. <laughs> and that's also the city where you were the mayor, dude. And a lot of these damn DAs out there, Republican DAs, act like they can't do a damn thing because Prop 47. That's not true. Read the penal code sections. They're using many of them from some god-awful excuse. I think there's a little bit of, all I'm suggesting, I get they don't like 57, Governor Brown's reform. They don't like Prop 47, the states and the voters' reform. Okay, Prop- stop that tape there for a second. Jerry Brown is not traveling up and down the state campaigning on his behalf, on Newsom's behalf. Newsom's top strategist, Gary South, or one of his strategists, came out on Twitter the other day and said that Jerry Brown is only out for Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown is not going to lift a finger to help Gavin Newsom. And he recognizes that Prop 57 is not popular with large numbers of people in California, So what does he do when he wants to separate himself with something that's not popular? He connects it to Jerry Brown. 57, Governor Brown's reform. They don't like Prop 47, the states and the voters' reform. Prop 36, the state and the voters' reforms. But there's a lot more tools in the toolkit than I think than some of these people are leading you to believe. And I think we have some responsibility, members of the press and those in positions like mine, to start raising that awareness as well and to remind them of the tools they do have to hold people more accountable, not what they don't have, which seems to be the only thing they focus on. All right. There you have it. The governor, hot under the collar, angry, agitated. He thinks that he could get thrown out in this recall election next month. The pressure is getting to him. The heat is being turned up. And we have the total recall hour coming up next. Don't So I hope you've enjoyed this show. I'm Michael Tobin, and you're listening to The Lookout Guy, and I am your lookout guy. And now in conclusion, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. But folks, for the sake of the cross, don't let the world shut you up. Isaiah chapter 62, verses 6 and 7, it says... I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish, and till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. This is one of the many instances when you read scripture in the Old Testament when the writer, in this case Isaiah, and many times uh, King David, they will be quoting the Lord. The Lord is speaking, and in mid-sentence or after the Lord is speaking, then the writer begins to speak. So it begins, God saying, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. And then, Isaiah continues, Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give other uh, biblical uh, 
what do you call it? Other other biblical text says, "Give the Lord no rest till He establishes and until He makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth." So back to the beginning, the beginning again in verse six. I have set watchmen upon thy walls. This is what my podcast is about. I I titled it. The lookout guy. The lookout guy is a watchman. So that is what I do on this podcast. I look out for things that we need to consider. So thank you. Coming up now, as promised, I have Paul and Jeannie Poulton. Two songs from their prayer album. Say a little prayer. And... I didn't actually have that one in queue, but I'm going to get it. We have Midnight in Harlem and the song Grand Time. Actually, not the prayer album, but from their Heaven album, the Paul Poulton Project. So I have Say a Little Prayer, Midnight in Harlem, Grand Time. And I also have a couple of treats. It's been a long time in me finding it. Uh, Paul and Jeannie was very kind to send me a link to their YouTube from Jeannie's days in The Reapers. If, you, if you've ever heard of Second Chapter of Acts, a group, they're a lot like them. And this is from The Reapers, a medley, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus, Jesus King of Kings, and Worthy Art Thou. And that is uh, their medley. And another song with uh, Jeannie Poulton as the lead vocals, Emmanuel. So thank you for joining me once again on The Lookout Guy. I am Michael Tobin, your Lookout Guy. And remember, if you want prayer, take this number down. Take this toll-free number down, one 888 388-2683 that is a 24 hour a day 7 day a week prayer line from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association where somebody is at the phone waiting for your call for prayer that number one 888 
and you are listening to Michael Tobin on the Lookout Guy podcast. The most wholesome podcaster in the known universe. Oh, that's true. And I'm Jeannie.
Time. 